Welcome back to the Normalized Breastfeeding Podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Simmons, and I'm excited to share with you our special guest feature for today. Before we get into it, I'd like for you to click that subscribe button below, share this video or podcast, and be sure to follow us on social media. All right, let's go. Welcome back. We're live with our guest, Audrey on the loose. She is a mother of one who's experienced two pregnancies. She is currently breastfeeding her two-year-old daughter, and she is the owner of the Owens Box Pregnancy and Infant Loss Support Group. She communicates daily with women who have experienced loss and are battling grief, and we are excited to have her on the official Normalized Breastfeeding Podcast, where we talk about breastfeeding experiences, education, activism, advocacy, and the community. So today we're we're recording live with Audrey all the way from New York. It's so wonderful to have you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. We're excited to have you. And this is episode 18. We are one in four. October is Pregnancy Loss and Infant Loss Awareness Month. And so we're just really excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. So according to Star Legacy Foundation, in 1988, the U.S. President Ronald Reagan declared October as a month to recognize the unique grief of bereaved parents in an effort to demonstrate support to many families who have suffered such a tragic loss. Promoting awareness of pregnancy and infant loss not only increases the likelihood that grieving families will receive understanding and support, but it also results in improved education and prevention efforts, which may ultimately reduce the incidence of these tragedies. So before we get started, we just wanna encourage everyone to shop the Normalized Breastfeeding brand on our website to continue to support this podcast and the content creation. If you're interested in being a featured guest, listen till the end and you'll have more information about how to get in touch. All right, Audrey, so let's get into it. So tell me a little bit about how you perceived pregnancy and birth before you were ever pregnant. How I perceived it. Um, I perceived it always as a beautiful thing. Um, Something that was always, I felt, was a privilege or a blessing within itself. But prior to that, it wasn't really a goal of mine. (laughs) I'm a very active person. Um, kind of into myself to a certain extent. I like to travel, you know, things like that. Um, I was newly married um, when I did get pregnant um, the first time. So that wasn't really, that was unexpected. So it wasn't something that I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to, you know, it was not a goal of mine at all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. A lot of us don't make it a goal, but yeah, it was not a goal. No, most people, their um, one of their goals in life is, hey, I'm going to get married and I want to have a family of five, six, seven, eight children. You know, but that was right. not that was not um, one of my goals. If it happened, I would, you know, I was going to be okay with it, but it wasn't something I was like striving for. Yeah. yeah. How soon after marriage did you guys attempt to get pregnant? When it happened, it was we were two years in. Okay. Marriage, yeah, when it did happen. So um it wasn't really an attempt. It's if it happens, it happens. We're at a stage now where um we're developed enough 
that if it did, it would be okay. So it was like, mm -hmm. there was no prevention or, you know, anything like that mm -hmm. in, in force. Okay. And when you first became pregnant, uh, what year was that? Um, that was 2016. 2016. Yeah. And what were your expectations? Uh, my expectations was to have a happy, healthy pregnancy, um, just like anybody else would. Um, you'd never expect to have any complications or have anything go wrong. You'd always want the best. Your expectations are always the best, you know. Right. Most definitely. And so when did you know that something wasn't right? Did you ever get like a kind of a feeling or kind of something like a pit in your stomach? Yeah, I did have a, like a small inkling. Um, but, you know, Google can be your worst enemy, <laughs> especially <laughs> if you're new right. to it, you know, especially if you're new to it. Um, mm -hmm. I did have light, like very light bleeding, which um, I was told was normal um, due to the information that I researched and even with my doctor. Um they said it was normal. So I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, I'll go on about my daily activities and whatnot. And after that, I would say a week and a half, almost two weeks, my water broke prematurely. So that's when I was like, oh, there, this is a big problem. And that was like the inkling that was set in stone that, hey, something is wrong. wrong. You know? Yeah. 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 So, um, I was going to ask you about if you did any research on pregnancy loss before no, those first weeks of pregnancy, not like during at all. those first weeks of pregnancy. So you, had, you didn't even know. I mean, I'm obviously, you. you know about miscarriage and stuff. You hear about it, but like exactly. it is, it is some, it isn't something that we would just go out and research, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. And it's yeah. not something that you think is going to happen to you. You know what I mean? Unless it's something that's constantly talked about and you're always surrounded by, and then you're like, oh my gosh, you know, maybe that could happen to me. Like, you know, the reason why I'm doing this is because miscarriage and infant loss is not talked about, you know, the awareness for it is not, you know, so prior to this even happening to me, my education on it was very little to none. So I didn't expect this to even happen or think that it was even an option for me to, you know, have happen. You know what I mean? And because people don't talk about it, that's the reason why you're unaware that it's so possible of happening. It's like it's happening to so many people, but yet no one's talking about it. So yeah. then you don't even know like, oh, this is something that can really happen. Like it's something I need to be aware of. Yes. So how did the, the doctors describe what was going on when you went in and you told them that your water broke? You know, what did they say to you? Do you remember the words that they used to describe this situation? It was pretty much evident, even to me. And having lack of experience, I mean, it's the obvious. Um, I know I'm not supposed to be having the baby right now. I know the baby's not ready to come out right now, but my water broke. And obviously, a baby cannot survive, you know, in the womb without the fluid, right? right. So when your water breaks, you know the inevitable is going to happen. You know right. what I mean? So right. when I got to the doctor, you always think, oh, once you go to the doctor or you go to the hospital, they're going to be able to help you. You know, you'll be okay. Right. You're in a safe zone. Right. And I kind of felt that way. But when I heard the words, um, we're going to have to, you're going to have to have the baby. I was like, oh no. They're like, yeah, the baby, your water's broke. There's nothing that we could do. After you were, you had to deliver your baby. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you knew that your date, your baby was not able to survive without, uh, at this, at this age, at this gestation, at, what were the feelings that were going through your mind? Obviously you're immediate, you're immediately experiencing grief, but was there any other type of emotions that you were feeling confusion, just anger? Like, why didn't anybody tell me that this could happen or anything like that? I remember just feeling numb. Like, is this really happening? Like, are you serious? Like, is this for real? Am I alive right now? Like, am I dreaming? Like, it was something to me that I was like, oh my goodness, are you serious? Is this really about to happen to me? You know, and yeah, of course the question why came about, what did I do wrong? You know, um, was there something that I could have done differently? Maybe I shouldn't have ate that the other day, or maybe I shouldn't have picked this up or, you know, like a million things came to my mind all at once. And um, at the time um, I was still, it was still a valid pregnancy. I was still pregnant. The baby was still alive. So there was no way that I was going to deliver him and then have him come out just to suffer and me watch that. Uh, there's right. no way that I was going to be able to do that. So I opted out. About how many weeks were you when this all took place? I was at 20 weeks. Wow. Yeah, 20 weeks. So, so. you were second trimester. Yeah. Yeah. Like midway. Yeah. Right? A little less, but little I mean. Less. Well, yeah. But I mean, technically. Yeah, technically. That's yeah. midway through the whole entire Yeah, part. you're right. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. So did you ever consider pumping your breast milk to give to any NICU babies? Um, No, I did not consider that. That was never even a thought when you're thinking, when you're going through something like that, that's the last thing on your mind. Well, at least for me. And I, like I said, I've never had any children prior to that. Uh, Lack of knowledge, I guess. Um, I didn't even think that was an option or that would be something that someone would want. You know what I mean? When you first have a baby, you're so overprotective of them. You don't want somebody else. To, you know what I mean? So, I mean, that's how I would feel. So right. I'm not saying other people wouldn't feel that way, but that's how I felt. That's how I do feel about that. And I did not know that that was even an option to do. Right. Yeah. Right. So I'm just learning since I've met you is when I started learning You know a little bit more about that. But I never knew that was an actual option or thing that people actually did do. Well, and it's interesting because so when you go back to like the education and the or the lack thereof um, education around just any type of issue that's a maternal health issue, you know, expressing our milk after a baby's born, whether the baby is here with us or not, is actually great for the mother as well. And the reason is because it allows that hormone oxytocin that allows you to let down milk for your baby that hormone actually circulates through your system when you start expressing the milk. So if you knew about it ahead of time, you would have been able to use it as therapy for yourself. That's the reason why I asked that question. A lot of people don't understand that part of it. So it can be healing, it can be therapeutic, even if you don't donate the milk to another baby. It can be healing and therapeutic just for the mom. So that's the reason why I bring up that topic. I feel like not enough people know about that. Right. I mean, that's very, you know, good information. But I know for me personally that that was not something that I wanted to do. I didn't even want any to even express any. I didn't even want that to even occur because I know that I did not have a child there to nurture or to give it to. 
That was right. just a reaction and emotion. I guess that's just the way that I dealt with um, the loss, the, right. you know, the grief and the bereavement altogether. That's just the way that I was able. It made me feel better knowing that I held on to it and just didn't go to waste. If you right. understand what I'm saying. Yeah, that's I just totally the way that I processed it in my head. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that's just the way that I felt at that time. And it was your first baby. Like, yeah. You had every every <laughs> right in the world to not do what you didn't want to do at that point. You know, it's like, I'm going through this. I don't know how to deal with it. You probably haven't had too, too many people. I don't know. Is this something that's happened in your family before? Was it hereditary? Um, It's not something that is really talked about in my family. And I can only name maybe one or maybe one like close family. The rest, if there's any would probably be like, you know, second, third generation maybe. But right. it's not like something that happens, you know, in my family that I'm aware of. You know, right. maybe they're, you know, not wanting to talk about it. But as far right. as my situation is concerned and who in my family does know about it, there hasn't been anyone that said, oh, that's happened to me too. I've heard, mm. oh man, that, you know, that's terrible. I'm so sorry. You know, I could be right. there for you in any way, shape or form you need me to. But I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say, I know what you're going through or I know how you, right. exactly how you feel because it did not happen to me. You know what I mean? Right. right. Yeah. Totally. So what helped you to deal with such a traumatic situation? What did you use to move forward? And I know that that process probably took a long time. Can oh, yeah. you tell me like maybe about how long you think it was before you started taking steps forward and what did you use to cope? Um, I would say for me, time, um, a lot of time, as you could tell, you know, it's a lot of time that went by. Um, and over the course of that time, prayer has been a major, I mean, a tremendous um, source of comfort and help for me. Um, my um, knowledge of the Bible is another source. I mean, it's here. Right. Um, for that. Um, I have a supportive husband, you know, yeah. as far as this is concerned, you know, he's very supportive. Um, he was there for me the entire time. He was there for me when it was happening. He was there in the midst of everything. So to be able to have someone that understands on that level, because they were there, they can, right. he can understand how I feel. So if I can't talk right. to anybody else or tell them, you know, that one person was there and a part of him was lost as well. Right. So that's been can a you great... speak to that at all? Does he I know that I don't want you to speak for him, but can you speak to that in the sense of like what, what how was he dealing with it? Was he having a hard time dealing with it too? You know? Yeah. He took it really hard. Um and it's hard for guys to express their feelings and their emotions, you know. And women are like, Oh, you're a girl, so or you're a woman, you could blah, you can cry and do whatever. And men have to be strong and they can't cry or they can't, you know, show any sign of weakness. Um, but he um has and he does open up to me about it, and you know, he shares his feelings with me. And I understand, hey, if you want to cry about it, like I said, that that was part of you, you know what I mean? And yeah. the experience, it was traumatizing, you know. Yeah. So we do draw a lot of comfort from each other and also from, you know, like I said, the Bible and my knowledge on it, that I draw a tremendous amount of comfort. The time of course has passed. And then you start getting involved in other aspects of life, 
you know, and right. not that it overshadows that, but you're able to focus your attention and move it on to something else. Not that you ever forget, you know, the loss of your child or that that experience happened, but you learn how to cope. You learn how to implement other things in your life that um, will be beneficial to helping you move on from that. And I knew that was something that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So I took I took the necessary steps, you know, to do that. Do did you ever have a chance to attend any um, support groups for bereavement? I actually didn't. I was my support. Okay. My husband was my support. Uh, my close family uh, was my support. Um, expressing my feelings, even when I was by myself, if I decided I wanted to cry or scream or whatever, you know, I mm -hmm. did it, and that was a source mm -hmm. of support for me. And right. I'm not an open person um, when it comes to like discussing, you know, personal things about myself, whatever. I tend to hold on to it and just deal with it. Um, right. But for some reason, I felt like doing that with this situation, I kind of felt in a sense, I don't know if I can really, I'd say guilty. Mm. Uh, I felt like, hey, but this is still was my baby. You know, he still was a person, right. you know, um, I shouldn't feel guilty about talking about him or feeling bad, you know, to discuss, hey, yes, this happened to me or, you know, we're right. all imperfect and this is something right. that happens. And hey, listen, maybe if more people didn't feel that way and more people did talk about it, um, there would be more uh, awareness, you know, risen, you know, regarding this situation and people wouldn't feel so like it's a taboo, you right. know? So right. um, I did find comfort and you know to be able to do it in that way that's good that's good so okay tell me about how you found out that you were pregnant again with your daughter <laughs> um you know the experience from the prior pregnancy uh the feeling was the same it was the exact mm -hmm. same um i just knew i just mm -hmm. knew I just knew I was like, let me just take a test. And at the time I was working in OBGYN. So I had access to everything, you know, all the pregnancy tests, all the, you know, whatever I needed to know if, if it was a positive or not, you know, and right. it was, I knew it. Right. So I was so happy, yes. <laughs> and what led you into OBGYN? I didn't even know you were working in OBGYN. So yeah, what led you to that? You know what? Um, it's so weird because I've always done um, orthopedics. So I've always mm -hmm. been in the field with orthopedic and sports medicine, you know, that type of stuff. And um, I left that field and I was like, hey, let me just try something new. And I applied for the position and they said, OK. And I was like, wow, this is really interesting. And I just lost. I just had a loss. You know, this is right after maybe a month or two after. Wow. Um, yeah, I got hired there and I was like, you know, I could take this as a learning experience. It's a lot of knowledge I could take in. I learned so much, you know, and right. it kind of helped me in a way. And then I had my good and bad days because then you had women there that were pregnant and you also had women that were in my predicament. Mm. So I was able to talk to them and um, yeah. the interchange of encouragement was, you know, was a blessing within itself. Um, I had a very good doctor um, that I worked for, who was actually the head of OBGYN for the um, hospital um, that we were affiliated with. And he pumped a lot of knowledge into me too, and a lot of assurance that, you know, it can happen again. You can, it's possible where you can give birth to a live child again. And, you know, there's certain preventative measures that you could take, you know, the next go around and whatnot. So that was good for me. 
That's really good. That's really good. And the fact that you were so willing to provide support to these women who are in your same predicament at such a short span of time after you experiencing this loss in itself, that, I mean, you should feel very proud about that. And I definitely commend you on that because I know in both of, well, I've had three losses, all of them that I've experienced, it's never been that. It's always been like, stay away from me and I will deal with you when I'm ready. And it's not that I don't want to support other women who've experienced loss. It's just that my situations around loss have been very, very traumatic as well. Nothing like what you've experienced. I have not experienced still stillbirth, but uh, very traumatic nonetheless. Uh, so, and I think any, any form of loss is traumatic. And I think that um, when you're able to overcome it, and maybe even not quite so much overcome it, but you know that you need to support this person because they need that support. So you're willing to come outside of yourself and your own feelings and your own emotions and support them. That's huge. Like I, and ever since you, well, we'll get to the box, but, but I really <laughs> feel, I just, I feel really good about you doing this because We've known each other for a long time. This is not something you've done in the past, but it's, it feels so right. And you feel so right for this. And I just, I just love the fact that you're creating this space because there are so many people dealing with it. And we don't, we don't have enough, uh, we don't have enough workers. We don't have enough people supporting. We don't have enough people who are willing to create an Instagram page and say, Hey, I'm going to be a support person. Right. You know, we don't have enough people out there. Um, so yeah, that's very, that's very, very, uh, very encouraging. So I was going to ask you, did you ever have any feelings of disbelief that your second baby would not make it to full term? Um, I don't want to say disbelief. Um, I had a lot of anxiety and a lot of around stress. it. Yeah. I had a lot of anxiety stress. and stressing. Oh my gosh, you know, am I going to do everything right this time? Because, you know, I just want to make sure that there's nothing that goes wrong and, yeah. you know, just being, I, I guess you could say extra. extra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, being extra. And I had a lot of sleepless nights, you know, you just, want to make sure that this does not happen to you again. It was so yeah. traumatic, you know? Yeah. And um, of course, I would definitely say 100% that I had a lot of stress and anxiety. And that was one of the um, things that did pop up in my head several times throughout my pregnancy, actually. So, yeah. So <laughs> I know you just said you had a lot of stress and anxiety. So that my next question was explain the level of stress or discomfort that you experienced as you got closer to the same point of the pregnancy in the second pregnancy. So like, as you got around week 20, did you like really start freaking out? Like what happened around that moment? Um, around that time, I would say I would, you know, as time went by closer and closer to the end of the pregnancy, um, the stress kind of wore off a little bit because it's like, okay. okay, all right. Once I got past the um, stage where I knew that they would be able to um, live outside of the womb. Oh, that yeah. was like a huge, you know, a huge relief. Like, all right, well, if anything goes down, I know that they're still able to breathe on their own and, you yes. know, do what they have to do to continue to thrive. Um, yes. But prior to that was where I, you know, I experienced the most, amount of stress and anxiety 
Um, mm. I'm not going to say it all left after the viol viol stage was there, but um, that was the most time that I stressed out was prior to that. Did you ever deal with stress and anxiety before being pregnant or was this all around the topic of the fact that you had experienced a loss before? <laughs> we all have like, you know, regular stresses and little yeah. anxiety stuff. But prior to that, no, that was the most biggest traumatizing thing that's ever happened to me personally. Like I said before, I was, I'm very like, you know, carefree and, you know, I'm into my own thing. There's not really mm -hmm. much in my life that, you know, that would affect me to that point. I'm, right. I'm very simple. You know what I mean? Right. So right. when that happened, I was like, oh my gosh, like my whole world just shut down, you know, right. and, you know, a part of me actually physically died you know yeah so that was very very tough but prior to that i was pretty good you know we, like i said oh i had to work or oh, we have different issues going on but it's nothing that i would have to like shut down about or have a nervous breakdown about it's just the everyday life and stresses that we would have so it was, i was normal i would say <laughs> prior to that before that okay <laughs> Normal stresses, normal anxiety. So how hard has it been to let go of baby Owen now that you have experienced a live birth and you're you're breastfeeding your second baby? Um, well, I don't want to say let go because I've never let go. Right. Um, I just learned how to cope with it. I, I okay. see that it's a situation that happened to me. Yes, um, I can't change it in any way, shape or form. So I cope with it. You know, and I'll never let it go. It's not something that ever goes away. I don't care at what stage or what what point in pregnancy you're in. You're always going to reflect or think about that baby. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, they would be this old by now. Or I wonder what oh, they yeah. look like. Or I wonder how they would be. Or, you know, what would be going on in their life now? How would my life be changed in any way? Or, you know, so it's right. not something you really ever forget. You just learn how right. to cope and you, you know, deal with it. Right, right. So what helped you to step into the place of supporting other mothers who've experienced loss? Well, I'm going to tell you, um, it's always something that I wanted to do. From the moment that that happened to me, I knew I always wanted to do that, which is why I was able to talk to some of the people, you know, right away when I got employed at the OBGYN office. Um, it was easy for me to talk to people when it happened to them. And I was able to relate to them, my experience, but it was because I felt compelled to do it because I understood it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't go into detail, you know, about right. what happened. I was able to say, hey, I know this happened to me. I understand how you feel. And then right. I would be able to help them, you know. And but, it was genuine. Like you had exactly. literally experienced it. So that exactly. makes sense. Yeah. It wasn't like someone just being nosy and saying, oh, you know, it was an actual genuine thing. And right. so... Um, as time went on, like I said, I always wanted to, I was just felt compelled to do that to, to help other people in this situation. So it's something that I always knew that I wanted to do. So uh, when I did gather the strength, I always promised myself that that was something I was gonna execute. And it wasn't until recently. Now the Owens box thing has always been um, a work in progress, but I never fully executed it because it was just to me never perfect. And you know, like whenever you're trying to do something, it's just never right. It's never perfect, you know. <laughs> so it wasn't until I don't know if you want me to touch on this now. This fine. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, I had um, talked to your husband briefly, and he explained to me um, your situation. 
So just give a little, we're going to give a little bit of context. So you guys went to high school together. Okay, yes. My husband and Audrey went to high school together. And they were really good friends the whole entire time they were in high school. And they kept in touch long after high school. And we've all been friends ever since uh, he and I got married and all that. So you guys had gotten in touch. Um, I was supposed to come to New York at some point in June. I had reached out to you and said, hey, I'll be in New York. And then you didn't hear from me. So then I think you, did you reach out to him or he called you? I reached out to you first. Okay, okay. And then you said, um, I'll get back to you. I've been going through a lot. Okay. So that, when you said that to me, I'm like, uh, that was the last thing on my mind that, you know, that happened. So right. I waited, not, you know, I waited and I was like, hey, what's up? I was like, oh, um, Vanessa was supposed to come. What's up? Like, you guys are supposed to come out here and visit. What's going on? Right, right. And, you know, just joking around and, you know, just being how we are. Not yeah. that it was, hey, this is a real serious thing that happened. I didn't know. Right. And I know right. you didn't tell me either. So maybe no. you just didn't, you know. So um, then he told me what happened. And I was just, devastated i was like yeah. oh my gosh i can only imagine you know and i know it's not the first time either and i know right. that you guys want a big family and I, I knew all the background pretty much yeah you know so that hit and you know as I, I was able to understand right. like, wow you know i got this owens box thing going and the first thing that just popped in my head was can i send her something and if you look right. at the text messages on the phone that's the first thing i was like can i send her something can i send her like a keepsake and he's like, yeah. And then I told him, I was like, well, she didn't tell me. So I don't, I don't want to do anything. Maybe she doesn't want me to know. <laughs> I'll tell him. He's like, no, do, no, do it. Yeah. She needs this. She needs this. And yeah. When he and said this is that, recent. A lot of people yeah. don't know. I've, I've mentioned it like maybe one time on my platform. A lot of people don't know. But yes, I recently experienced loss in June right before our international day to normalize breastfeeding. So I was still like on, like I had to like keep working and keep doing stuff while we were going through that because I ran everything. It was so amazing. I'm gonna show them your box really quick and then I'm gonna share a little bit more about what I wanted to share on my side. So this is the box, you guys. This is the Owens box, sorry for the glare. I don't even know if you can see it. Okay, let me pull it back. That's probably better, ah, that's better. So the little, um, so it's basically a bag of seeds on the side. Oh, I'm pointing with the wrong finger. There's a bag of seeds and then there's a little card here. And then there's a little um, pot to plant your seeds. And on the pot, it says, remember me always. It says Owen's box. And on the back of the box, it says, for every moment of happiness that passes, something wonderful blooms. And so this has been just honestly, like I haven't planted my seeds or anything yet. I wanted to kind of just show this um, because I really, I, I felt like the thing that I loved about it the most is that it's got more than one seed because I've had more oh, than what? one loss. So I was like, at least I don't have to get one for every loss. Like now I have a place that I can put all of these emotions and a place that I can come back to and say, I miss you. I love you. I can't wait to see you again. You know, things like that. Like, this just gave me a place to box up all of that feeling. And I felt like it was the it was the very thing I needed. Just like the same way my husband said that to you. He knew that I needed something because I've been talking to him about it for the last couple of years. I was like, I just really feel like I need to do something to commemorate my losses. Like, 
these babies, like, I don't even know, like, what kind of life they would have lived or who I would have been to them or who they would have been to me. Like, and they're a part of me, but like, I'm not the type of person to try and find a way to have a keepsake. I'm the type of person who's like, let me just shove it down and whatever comes up, we'll deal with it. You know, it's like, especially if I'm like active and doing things. And like with this particular situation, I was, I was doing a lot. And I was like, there's just, there's just too much going on right now, you know? And, um, and you'll, and for the people who were following the international data normalized breastfeeding, if you feel like I dropped off the planet in any way, shape or form <laughs> after that event, this is why. And this is the reason why also I wanted to do this podcast. Cause I feel like so many of us women, we carry this with us, you know, we're business owners, you know, we're doctors, we're lawyers, we're, we're business professionals. Um, you know, we're working moms. And we still experience loss that people don't know about. And we're hurting, we're grieving, we're in pain. And it's just, there's so much that we we have to carry as as mothers. Right. There's so much, you know? So, so when I received your box, all I could do was cry. Like I opened it up. <laughs> that was not my intention. tears <laughs> just start running down my face. Like I was just like, Oh my God. <laughs> like as soon as I realized what it was, because I was like, Owen's box. I was like, what is this? And then when I saw the words on the on the little plant um pot, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah. And so like I think I had sent you like a really quick text was a, a text that was just like, Thank you so much. Oh my god. I was like already in tears. I was like, I don't even know what to type right now. And I'm bad with my emotions in general because I was raised with really a lot of boys. Like I grew up with my brother and all of his friends. Right. So I don't know how to express my emotions. I've learned over the years. And even with my children, I'm, it's very hard for me. Uh, crying takes a lot for me. And so this particular situation just had me just, just bawling. And especially to have someone so far removed from me because we hadn't really been in touch, right? Like we are, we are good friends, but we haven't been in touch in a while. And so uh, when you sent it out, I was just like, wow, like the fact that she would take time out of her day and all the stuff she's got going on to do this for me, it just meant so much to me. Um, so I've since referred you to friends of mine <laughs> who've also experienced loss. And I'm sure anybody who's listening, uh, or watching may, may know someone who has experienced loss. And this is a great way if you don't know what to say, if you don't have the words to comfort them, this is a great way to send them a very thoughtful and special gift that can help them to feel like you really genuinely care about what they're going through. Right. You know, you might not understand it, but you care. Mm -hmm. And, and that was what, what really spoke to me. So, um, I was just really grateful. I was grateful that I finally had like a way of recognizing, you know, these babies and a way of remembering them and holding them in my heart in a very special way. So well, I feel yeah. like that, you know, to, to take that step to actually come up with something like that, you still have a, a form of nurturing, uh, right. caring for something, you yes, know, that's ac I actually never even, I never even connected those two things. That's <laughs> a, that's a big deal. It's a big deal because it's funny and I'll give like a really quick example of this. So I experienced this loss and when I experienced the loss, a friend of mine was still pregnant and she's since had her baby. But I actually did like photos for them and I went over and like did some lactation consulting and or counseling, sorry, I'm not a consultant. I'm not a consultant, I'm a lactation <laughs> counselor. <laughs> Don't wanna get that mixed up. 
educators and counselor. So um, I we had them come over. She she was in five. She's her fifth week of, of postpartum, and she was just having cabin fever. And I was like, "Girl, come over. I'm gonna cook you a meal. You guys can come and relax. Bring bring your 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 daughter. She has." Uh, her new baby and then her daughter who is about my my children's age so they were all playing around running around and then her husband is good friends with my husband um so it worked out really nicely she was like so thankful that she was able to just get out of the house i had a bunch of stuff that people send me for normalized breastfeeding all the time that i was like girl take all this stuff like i don't have any babies but it was a good opportunity for me to nest i actually like completely cleaned my house and scrubbed floors with like disinfecting and all kinds of stuff to the point that Oz, my husband was like, are you okay? <laughs> and I think I just needed that. I needed that opportunity to say there's a baby coming and I'm prepared for this baby, whether it's mine or not. I needed that opportunity. And so I feel the same way with the box. Yes, this is an opportunity to nurture or nourish something else that is not my own, but it's still mine. You know, it's still giving me an opportunity to do that. Right. So I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> on my Instagram, I had the opportunity to team up with um, uh, a company that actually produces um, pregnancy and infant loss pins and other, you know, um, awareness pins. And mm -hmm. they were on board to do these for me. Mm hmm you see the pregnancy the yes and i was able to give them away on my instagram um on behalf of october's pregnancy and infant loss awareness month so that was a great turnout and you know um i decided to put this as you can see they're a little different yes you so feet that. on one okay this one's just like the ribbon very yes. cute so the one that has the feet is the one that actually comes in owen's box uh okay okay, okay. so this is the one Good that we know. did for the giveaway Okay. Yeah. So when they okay. when you or when they receive the um, box, they'll get this inside. Okay. And then it will also come with an envelope. Um, in this is it here. Ah, oh, wonderful. It'll come with an envelope, and then it'll have on the back of the card um, a personalized note from me. You know, awesome. expressing certain sentiments, and you know where they can find additional support. Um, that's awesome. also in the box as well. And then, um, like you did say earlier, there's a little envelope with the seeds in it. And right. then there's also, um, let me see if I could just get it out. There is a little disc in there. Now this is soil. Ah. This is the soil. Oh. All you have to do. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. Is add water to this. Just a few um, teaspoons of water, and this okay. will fluff up into okay. actual soil. Soil. Okay. Fit inside of the planter. It'll fill it up to probably about here. Okay, wonderful. Plant your seeds and you know, you know, you know, yeah. Do your thing. Do Talk to your babies. Talk yeah. to your babies. <laughs> so, um, I love it. I love it. I love it. Like, you know, a briefing of the box. And yeah. Uh, so your Instagram is Owen's Box. Mm -hmm. And um, that's O W H E N S Box. And you can find her on Instagram. Are you on any other platforms? Twitter? Um, Facebook? Yes. I'm actually on Etsy. On uh, Etsy. That's right. Um, Etsy.com um, forward slash shop forward slash Owens Box. Awesome. And then um, www.owensbox.com is coming soon. That's in the works. So I'm really excited about that. That's a whole new project within itself. Um, right. We'll also be introducing um, additional keepsakes as well. 
but I haven't okay. told it about, but it, it's in the works. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited about that. I truly appreciate you coming on and chatting with me today. It's been just such, such a great time to be able to just recognize this work that's happening in you. You know, I know that you're saying like Owens Box is brand new. We have only just gotten started, but the work has been happening in you. And that's what we're seeing now that's being manifested in Owens Box. And so I just, I'm so grateful and appreciative of your spirit and like the fact that you're just so willing to support other moms in this type of situation. Um, it's hard to come up out of ourselves and support others. So I commend you for that. Um, and do you want to make any other kind of like shout out or um, any recommended like reading or support groups or words of advice that you want to leave for the listeners? Um, the only thing I'd really like to say is that um, grief and bereavement is, um, I guess I want to say individualized. So there's no wrong or right way to grieve. No one can tell you, oh, it's been two years. It's been three years. Oh, it's been this amount of time. You should be over this by now. Um, that's something, um, that we don't, or you don't have to put a time limit on, um, the way you grieve or, you know, deal with this issue is up to you. Right. Um, be easy on yourself. Don't beat yourself up where you can, if you're at that point and you can, um, help others or encourage others or help them to speak out, you know, take advantage of that because believe it or not, it's a healing within itself. Um, another thing, um, I would like to say is, uh, as far as reads are concerned, um, I don't know how many people are into the spiritual aspect of things, but, um, the Bible is like the number one source of comfort that I find for myself. Um, I like to dwell in the book of Psalms, um, Psalms 133, um, no, Psalms 139, um, verse 15 through 18. It just brings out the fact that our creator knew and knows our babies before we even do and that they're in his memory. So, yeah. you know, just knowing that within itself and that he could bring them back at any time if he chooses is, you know, it's amazing. And it, I would just say to just do the best that you can and, Yes, it was a horrible situation, but you know, there is um there is light at the end of the tunnel and you know, you can, you know, for certain people's situations are able to have another child. Not that it fixes anything, but I know that that is the goal of a lot of people that they do want to have a family. Um it is possible. Right. So, you know, just stay positive and be kind to yourself accept um, support when you can and give it when you can as well, because it definitely is healing. It really is. Thank you so much, Audrey. I'm so happy that we had this opportunity to record together and I'm so excited for the listeners to hear your story. Thank you so Thank much you. for sharing it with me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Vanessa Simmons, and I'm your host of the Normalized Breastfeeding Podcast. We're looking forward to hearing your story and featuring you on this platform. Send us a message if you'd like to be featured or email me directly at Vanessa at normalizedbreastfeeding.org.